0: Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. Chapter 3, the Gospel of Mark, Chapter 3. And while the congregation is looking that up, uh, I want to uh, give you that are watching by television the opportunity of participating, just like as we did here in the congregation earlier, in your case, the opportunity of sending your tithes, offerings, and gifts of love for the financial support of ever-increasing faith television. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Now, I need your faithful financial support if Ever Increasing Faith Television is to remain on the air in your area. I would not dare to suggest how much you should give. All I would ask you to do is to measure the value of this ministry to you and yours. If it is valuable and you think that it ought to remain on the air, then I would encourage you and invite you to think about and pray about becoming a faith partner with us in the support of the ministry. Now, on the screen is an address where you can mail your tithe offering your gift of love. Right now, I want to pray with you and pray for you. Simply adding my faith to your faith and setting myself in agreement with you that you're going to receive the corresponding return on your giving because you will be participating in a spiritual law called sowing and reaping. This ministry is good ground into which to sow so you have a right to expect to receive a harvest so that you can have more seed to live on and ultimately more seed to plant. So would you join me in prayer? Father, we praise you and thank you that in this covenant dispensation of grace, your word declares that you love a cheerful giver a happy and hilarious giver we are indeed happy and hilarious about our privilege and opportunity to give to you through the ministry of ever increasing faith television we thank you also that you provided for us the great high priest the lord jesus christ who ever lives in the holy sanctuary of heaven to make intercession on our behalf And dear jesus we're thanking you now that as our high priest you will take the tithe the offerings and gifts of love sent by the people for the support of this ministry before the father and you will worship him with them on our behalf and for that we thank you Now fathers, pastor of Crenshaw Christian Center Church here locally, and as pastor of Ever Increasing Faith Television for many thousands who are watching me now, I set myself in agreement with each and every one of them that they will receive the corresponding return on their giving and that all of their individual and family needs, along with the needs of Ever Increasing Faith Television, are met according to your riches in glory by Christ Jesus. By faith I declare it done and thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name and all who agreed with that prayer said. Amen. Thank you so very much for your faithful and continued financial support of ever-increasing faith television. You are helping to make it happen. You have made it happen for 20 years. We have been on television and we have never, ever been behind on paying one single television bill. We have never missed in 20 years because of faithful people like you and God being faithful to his word. So thank you. Praise the Lord. Now, This ministry via television was never intended to be a substitute for belonging to, going to, and being committed to a local church and or pastor. So please seek out that church in your area. If you have not found one yet, then, of course, pray and ask the Lord to raise one up. And then, in the meantime, continue to draw from ever-increasing faith television. Okay, we are teaching on the subject of race, religion, religion and racism, race, religion, and racism. I am still in the introductory stage of this series. Uh, It will be, as I have pointed out before, a little lengthy because I think after 400 or 350 to 400 years of aftermath of the things that occurred here in in America at at its inception, kind of foolish to think you're gonna deal with that in 15 minutes now last time I was giving you a reason why I followed the course that I did and after all these years of ministry now I'm finally coming around to talking about race racism and religion and some people may say well my god you you know all this all these years you have never said anything about it well as I told you last time God directed me to go in a particular way and uh, the spiritual things are more important than physical things. And the Bible principle is seek first the kingdom, Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added to you. But sometimes people are not always in position to do that, so you have to sometimes digress and come down to their level to bring them up to the level where you are. Because bottom line, everybody, black, white, red, brown, green, yellow, polka dot, or whatever, is gonna finally have to come back to the principles of faith and learn how to live by faith. Because as I said last time, as we close, even if racism disappeared overnight, you still have an enemy, Satan, and he'll still use whatever devices are available to him to destroy your life. And in order to stand against him and do it successfully, then you have to know how to live by faith. So that was the approach that God led me to. And I use the principles, and I and we've achieved this, and then my even my own in my own personal life. And so I think when you get to a certain level spiritually, uh, ethnicity should not make a difference. But as I pointed out, unfortunately, a lot of folk have not let God deal with their little personal prejudices. And though they say hallelujah and praise the Lord and dance and shout, they still maintain their little feelings of superiority and their views of inferiority about other people. And that is ungodly. It is not spiritual and it's not biblically oriented and it needs to be dealt with. It needs to be rooted out and exposed and dealt with. And I'm primarily dealing with the church because racism is running rampant in the church. It always has been from day one. Nobody has ever really challenged it or dealt with it. We give a little lip service to it now and then, but then we let it go on just as though it was supposed to be. Well, it's, it's over and uh, it's going to be challenged. And when we finish, as I said uh, at another in another message, that when this series is over, you'll have to go to your graves with what you have heard. You'll never be able to, again, sleep at night without remembering the words that were said to you. And you're going to be held accountable for those words. And you're going to face God Almighty and Jesus Christ at the throne. And you're going to have to give an account as to why you didn't do something positive about what you heard. Okay? Now, last time, and so I told you why I did the things that I did. I gave you a couple of scriptures. I, we talked about the fact Paul said, I've become all things to all men that I buy by, by some means or by all means I might win some. And then Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. And so God has given me this commission to do so because there are many, 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 many. Say many. Say many. Then we'll hook you up. Well, see, that's cold blood. If you really cared about people, Christian, you, you wouldn't have done that to somebody. See? And these are the kind. And see, it wasn't, I could ex- I could expect this from sinners, atheists. I wouldn't, I mean, if we had bought it from the Klan, I could have expected that. You know, I know right where they, were, where they were coming from. I wouldn't feel bad about, it. I mean, I, would, I wouldn't I would expect anymore because I know how they feel. They let me know how they feel. And only no doubt about how they feel. Don't have to guess, no guesswork involved. Know exactly how they feel. But Christian, Christian this is a Christian organization. I said, it's a Christian organization. And I mean, I could go—tons m- m- of things like that—and call ourselves Christians. See? See, they did the same kind of thing when they gave us su- supposedly gave us uh, uh, emancipation. You get listen. You take. You took a group of people, brought them from their own native land. Stripped them of their character, stripped them of their heritage, even stripped them of their family ties. Purposely so that they couldn't get into agreement with each other. Took the father, grabbed him and sent him north, as it were. Took the wife, sent her south. Took the kids, sent them west. Took the other kids, sent them east, split them up. Christian people did this. So-called Christian claim to be christian couldn't have been couldn't known god they could not know god and do that then you kept them in bondage and from 1619 to 1865 work them till they drop dead because there's plenty more of them in africa so just kill these you don't you don't maintain you don't keep them healthy. You don't You don't keep them up. Just let them die and then get some more. That's all. Just purchase some more. You got money, go buy some more. And that's what they did. Then after all of that, then here comes the 1865. And they gave us emancipation. Now, you took people for all these years from 1619 to 1865. You taught them absolutely nothing. The majority of them could not read, could not write, barely could talk the language, and then you open the gate and set them free. And then wonder why they don't compete. you hearing me and then wonder why they don't compete they can't read it was against the law and the 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 wonderful good precious honest white christians that did teach their people to read the people that were under their jurisdiction they did it at the risk of their lives it was against the law to teach a black man to read then you turn them loose and then wonder why they don't compete why they don't do better why they don't act more civilized in god's green heaven can they act civilized when they've been treated like animals for all those years and then you just open the gate instantly and turn them turn them loose and then wonder why they don't act right and a lot of what's going on today stems directly from that because it's 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 a thing that's been that been uh uh shifted down through time and a lot of black they act that way because they don't know any better they don't know their beginning they don't know the deception the 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 the, the, the uh, purposeful conspiracy to uh take their lives away from them not the physical life but just take their lives away from them. and so they act out of character we're acting out of character we are a people I'm, we'll get into that later but we we are a people with a heritage that is a wonderful heritage And we've been stripped of it. We've been stripped of it. And so we act out of character. So somebody's got to help us. White folks, all they're going to do is run, keep on running, move out, get too many of you in the suburb, they're going to move and make a new suburb. And, they, and every time they do that, they're telling you, we do not want you to be with us. Are you getting the message? I, again, we're not talking about everybody. We know better than that. I know, I certainly know better than that. Because it was good, it was good. White folk that sold us his property. Just, I'm not talking about everybody. I'm talking about institutionalized situations. Are you following I me? Mean? I'm not talking about individuals. The wonderful individual, the president of the university, gave us a wonderful opportunity to buy this property. He didn't have to do that. Could have sold it to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? He could have, he could have done it another way. But I'm not, I'm not. So I'm not talking about individuals. But I'm talking about the fact. That it's supposed to be the church. We're supposed to be the body of Christ. And when we're in the body of Christ, our individuality has to bow its knee to the corporate wholeness of all of us that are Christians. Are you following? That's what I'm talking about. So don't, 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 don't take it personally. You know you didn't do anything wrong. You know your heart is right. And you know you don't, you don't hate black people. If you did, you wouldn't even be in this church. You wouldn't be coming here. You don't have to come here. Thousands of churches that you could go to. The very fact that you come here lets us know you don't have a problem You know, as such. So don't 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 take it don't take it personally, but I gotta I don't know who's watching and I don't know who's gonna hear this. All I know is what God told me to do, and so I've got to put it out there. It's like I always say my, my daddy had an old saying: he said, if you throw an old shoe in a pack of dogs that are screaming and hollering, the only dog that does actually holler is the one that got hit. So if you're the dog that got hit, you should holler. But if you're not the dog, and it ain't hitting you. Shine it on. But but I but I am. I'm angry because just like Jesus, I'm right. I'm I'm grieved. I'm righteously indignant because the church didn't do what they should have done. All this mess could have been averted. Okay, let's look at another scriptures. I'm talking about scripture. Look at Mark. Look Mark. You're in the Gospel of Mark. Go to the 11th chapter. See, there ought to be some things that that Jesus. When he kicked those people out, do you imagine that he approached them and said, Brethren, the the Bible says that God's house should be called of all nations a house of prayer. And you have made it a den of these, my brethren. Please take these things out. (laughs) Please, please, I'm sure that was his posture and his attitude. I doubt it, I don't think that you could get into the condition of making a statement like this that you've made this again a thief and then get them out of there like that. No, no, he had to be righteously indignant. In fact, listen, he he had to be in a pretty bad mood for him by himself to be able to get those turkeys out of there without them turning on him and say, wait a minute, you just one person, you up. we've been doing this. For- what? They would have gathered around him. That brother had to have fire coming out of his eyes. If you ever get a chance to see it, you may have seen it and never, and didn't even pay any attention to it. But if you ever get a chance, maybe you can go rent it. We got a lot of rentals now, they're cheap. Rent, rent the movie, Ben-Hur. And in the movie, Ben-Hur, after Judah Ben-Hur had been Uh, victimized and and, and actually made a slave by his so-called friend and they were on their way to take him to the place where they're going to be put on these boats where they'd be chained to the oars and they were going to be uh, galley slaves okay and they went to this village and um, the the order from Judah Ben-Hur's friend had been don't give him any consideration now they were marching and walking in the heat of the day they were I mean they were they were whip they were fatigued they were tired they were thirsty and so the guy let them go to this well and everybody get a little bit of water just a little bit and so while they were passing the dipper around for people to drink from they passed the dipper to Judah Ben-Hur and the guy that was in charge of the whip came by push it out of their hand and wouldn't let them give them any water and then the most awesome scene in the whole movie to me they don't show his face but they show the back and they see a robed figure with long hair, come, go to the well, pick up the water. You, ne- you never get to see his face. Picked up the water and came to Judah Ben Hur and gave him the water. Let him drink. Let him drink. And the, the guard, the guy who was in charge, had the whip. You could, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's an Academy Award performance. The guy came when he saw the figure. He saw him from the back giving water to Judah, and he knew that there wasn't nobody supposed to give him water. And he came over there with his whip. He's going to stop him. And just at that time, Jesus turned. And looked at him i'm telling you it's it's worth 10 million dollars talk about a picture's worth a thousand words the guy what would his whip in his hand it came out <laughs> <laughs> and he walked away now jesus went in that temple that's how he was able to whip all the turkeys out of there overturn all the money changers table Quip out, get, tell them to get them doves and stuff like that. And then would not allow them to carry anything through the temple. And nobody challenged him. He had fire coming out of his eyes. He was righteously indignant. He said, my father's house is to be a house of prayer for all nations. You have made it a den of thieves." And he got them out of there. I believe he's just as righteously indignant today but he's not here in person. So his righteous indignation has to be manifested through the vessels that he chooses to represent him. I be one of them. I, I (laughs) I just want you to understand what's happening. Turn to Ephesians now, chapter four. Turn to Ephesians chapter four. So when you when you're looking, and then when you think that, that I'm acting, you know, I'm 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 mad and I'm angry and I'm not acting in love. Well, you'll understand what's going on because see, you don't understand what love is. See, if I didn't love you, if I didn't love the church that I'm a part of, if I didn't love people of, of all nations, then I wouldn't even be bothering with this series. You know what I'm saying? I could be doing something. I got be made. I don't know about it. I mean, I I I got it made. I've I've taken the word and it's it's blessed our family. I mean, I'm on top. I don't need this. I got it made. I mean, I got it made in the shade. Are you kidding me? I don't, I mean, I have achieved all, I don't need to achieve it. I mean, I can just leave here now. Don't plan to now because I got a lot of livings yet to do. But what I mean is I don't need anything. All my needs are met. I have no unmet needs and haven't had any for years. I got money in my pocket, money in the bank. Money just comes to me. It just it just comes because I got so much seed sown out there. Are you, are you kidding me? I got a loving wife. I've got a beautiful home. I've got all my automobiles are paid for. I mean, I, it's, it's wonderful. And so I don't need this. I don't need to put myself in a position to be thought of as some angry rabble rouser. Are you following me? I could just soft soak this thing and let it go. In fact, God has given me such favor, given us such favor that I, I mean, I got it even made with the white folks. <laughs> I do. I mean, I have white people who they, I mean, they appreciate me and men, you mess with me, they will get on your case. <laughs> huh? No, I mean I got you you would be surprised at the thing. So I don't I don't need to do this. See what I mean? But because of love, see, because of love, and I ought to don't misunderstand me. And I'm not saying it to you for you to give me some kind of credit. I ought to, but because I love I love God, I love the church, and I've seen what this racism stuff has been doing to the church. Everybody suffers as a result of it. Are you following me? And I love my I love my people. And I I, I attempted for years to give them the word, and many of them got it. You got it. That's why most of you are here and have been here for you. You got a hold of it, and it's changed your life. Anybody here's life been changed as a result of learning how to walk by the word? And so I have people all over the the world, in fact. We just came back yesterday from uh, Trinidad and Tobago. So I'll say to all of my Trinidad friends and brothers and sisters in Christ, how y'all doing? We had a wonderful time. Hey, they worked me to a frazzle. I mean, I taught for thirteen hours in three days. Oh, they just ate the word up. But I went there because I want our people to get a hold of it. This is not. This is not the white man's religion. It, it, see, that's a, a lie. This is. This is God's word for everybody that's willing to receive it. Are you following me? So. If I didn't love you, I wouldn't take a chance to expose myself like this. You watch it. See, it's it's not that bad now because it's pretty well contained. Honey, when this thing hits TV, when it hits the airways, some of you, you probably going to act like you don't even know me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, they're going to say, Fred probably you go to his show. No 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 no, 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 no I've heard of him, but I don't know. no no, huh? Oh, you ain't seen. No, are you kidding? Honey, Hush. So I don't need this. Are you following what I'm saying? I mean I got it I mean, I have it made. I mean, there is no other church in LA. that's got this many people in a Sunday morning service. I mean unless they have three or four services, I'm talking about one service. Primarily. Certainly ain't nobody in this city got a building as big as this sanctuary. So I got it made. I don't need this. I don't need to do this. I mean, you think it me some kind of monster or ogre and some of you won't get mad about it and don't want to talk to me no more, act like you don't know me. I don't need this. But I love you. I love you. And so I, I will take all the garbage, all the flack and all that to get some truth to you that will help to raise you up even higher than you are right now. And whatever it costs, I got the money to pay for it. Did I tell you to turn to Ephesians chapter four? Please, chapter four, and watch this, verse 26, Bible, Bible. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Now, again, again, that word anger, it means righteous indignation. It it means get angry about things. When things are not right, you ought to get angry about it. Well, you can see how many people didn't, so-called Christian, didn't understand this. Be angry about that which is wrong, that which is unrighteous. How could a preacher, my God, my God, help us have mercy on on the church? How could a preacher? a supposed minister of the gospel, stand by and watch a family offered up for sale on the auction block like you would a cow or sheep or goat? How could the church stand by sight while the man the father was bidded for and sold to the highest bidder, while that wife with those little children standing around and clinging to the mother's tattered, torn, little garbage robes that they gave them to wear, to watch that father go off and never ever have the possibility of seeing that man again. How can a, how could a preacher stand by a man who claimed to know God? stand by and watch them. How could a preacher, minister of the gospel, they had a grapevine in just like they got it now. Nothing's going to happen without everybody knowing it, you know, before time. How could a preacher stand in his pulpit? How could a preacher preach to people? How could a preacher let a man come to the church and sit there and take communion a man who has just taken a black slave and because that slave spoke up for his right took a whip and beat that man to death didn't shoot him with a gun just beat him until he died A white man had did that, done that to another white man, they would, have, they would have had another revolutionary war. But a black man is an animal anyway, so he, he, he's, it's, it's no big thing. You sell him, you buy him, you rip up, rape his w- woman, take his kids, use them for slaves, use up their lives. Don't give them medication, don't take care of them because it don't matter. You just go down to the auction block and buy another slave, man. It costs money to take care of somebody. I ain't got no money to spend on giving them better clothes. Just take that, just let him die and go get another one. Kick him out, get rid of him and buy another one. This is history. So a lot of you people don't know this. I mean, a lot of you white people don't know this. And these were your ancestors that did this. Now, I'm not mad at them. I know they did it out of ignorance. They're just stupid, ignorant people and didn't know any better. Certainly didn't know God. Couldn't treat them like that. But the church was supposed to know God. See, that's who the people, those are the ones I'm after. I'm after the church. They should have known better. And they just sat by silently and said, Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Never, never could have existed without the church. We ought to get angry about it, righteously indignant about it. Okay, so I just want you to understand my apparent anger is righteous indignation not i'm not mad at any individual person are you Hope you're following me you're getting this but i'm mad at, at i'm angry about the church to disgrace the lord jesus like that bible said god so loved the world it didn't say he loved the white man or the red man or the black man or the brown man or the yellow. he loved the world everybody is precious in his sight. he created us all How do you think he feels? You sit there in your lily-white superiority and let a man beat another human to death. Just beat him till he's dead. I mean, man got no more life in him. For no other reason than he talked back to the boss. Beat him to death. And the church knew this and let it go on. Year after year after year. And the church basically right now is still just as racist as it could be. And just like you ghetto niggas, you don't you don't count and you don't mean that. Think about it. these churches that go out to the suburbs and build these beautiful, I mean big cathedrals and take up millions of dollars and send a missionary halfway around the world who's got to go over there and try to learn the dialect and the language can hardly communicate with the people. And here you've got people dying every day in the ghetto. Why don't you send a missionary to the ghetto if you care so much for black people? Better listen to what I'm saying to you. Don't sit there rolling your eyes at me like that either. But i tell you what this is one person you do not intimidate okay all right now i'm ready to move in that's my introduction i'm ready to move into the first segment of the three full segment we're going to talk about race everybody say race, race. say so we're going to talk about race, race. and when i say race, race everybody when i say race I'm not talking about who gets to the finish line first. Now, the origin of man. Where did we come from? What did we come from? There are two, say two, two primary views scientific and biblical that's it in other words where did man come from where do we come from there are two primary views one is scientific called the scientific view the other is called the biblical view first of all let's look at the scientific view and i think we can sum it up or sum up this view by quoting from now From now on, through race, religion, and racism, I will be giving you much documentation. We'll give you the name of the books. We'll give you the page number. I'm going to give you the copyright date. And I'm going to give you the publisher's name. Because I want it to be known that this is documented, verifiable evidence. This is not just supposition. This is not just something I just grabbed out of the sky. Docu- that's why I took me. I documented it. It took me so long to do it because I had to get all the information together. Because that's what's going to speak is the fact that when you find out this stuff is probably in, in, at home in your library, on your, in your books, didn't, didn't even realize these things, some of these things. So first of all, we're going to talk about race, and we're going to talk about the scientific uh, view. And we're going to talk from the Encyclopedia Americana international edition copyright 1979 on page four hundred and twenty from a heading entitled and i quote the origin of life on earth end of quote the article states it this way and i quote quoting from encyclopedia throughout human history And during at least some of its prehistory, men have speculated about the origin of life. We shall, in this section, we shall briefly review the previous natural hypotheses of the origin of life, and then present. Now, listen. You got to listen to this, because this is the kind of thing that has been promulgated in our schools and is being promulgated promulgated today. Isn't it? (laughs) Let me me say that again. Let me get that so I can start to begin. In this section, we shall briefly, I see I'm quoting from the book, from the encyclopedia. We shall briefly review the previous natural hypotheses of the origin of life and then present modern scientific viewpoint. A viewpoint or theory that has made remarkable progress since the 1950s end of quote now on page 424 from the same encyclopedia under a heading entitled evolution of life get this evolution of life the article states and i quote the theory it starts out by saying the theory and For a moment of digression, let me give you the definition that is used in the English speaking world for the word theory. A theory is an assumption or a guess. You get that? It is an assumption or a guess. All right with that in mind let me go back quote the theory of biological or darwinian evolution first announced in 1859 has been abundantly confirmed by an avalanche of data charles darwin and alfred wallace postulated that all life on earth descended from a primordial cell all life on earth descended from a primordial cell and that life changed and proliferated due to chance mutation end of quote now watch this notice what the encyclopedia said it said that charles darwin and alfred wallace postulated now, the definition of the word postulated is to assume or claim as true. Mm-hmm. To assume or claim that something is true. Well, anybody can do that. <laughs> we, don't, we don't have any evidence, okay? Now, why, I want you to get this last statement, that all life on earth descended from a primordial cell. Everything started out from one primordial cell. One cell. This is the scientific view. And that life changed and proliferated due to chance. Chance. Mutations. Just by chance. On page 418 in the same book under a heading entitled complexity and organization. Now I want you to watch this. Now. I'm not knocking scientific investigation, please believe me and 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 I'm not knocking scientific um, contributions to life. but if you really stop and think about it and it's good, don't misunderstand me and I don't want to live without it. but scientific. Advancements haven't really helped or changed the attitudinal inner person of men on earth. It has made us more comfortable. It is easier now to get from point A to point Z, but folks still are worried. They haven't eradicated ulcers. They haven't eradicated the need for people to be psychoanalyzed. And then we've sent men to the moon. And folks, folks are still lying down on the couch telling a quack what their problems are. When I say quack, a lot of, I don't, and again, I'm not knocking scientific um, people's attitude. But that, that, it really hasn't changed people overall. I mean we don't have any less crime there's no le- there, there are no less people killing other people so all our scientific advancements hasn't eradicated murder it hasn't eradicated rape it hasn't eradicated fear it hasn't eradicated low self esteem I mean we can fly faster than a bullet out of a gun I flew on an airplane that can outdistance the bullet in the gun. Shoot a bullet out of a gun, and this airplane goes faster than that bullet. The Concorde. We are flying at thirteen hundred miles an hour. The average projectile out of a handgun anywhere from six to seven hundred miles per hour. This airplane flies thirteen hundred. We can go that fast, but folks still got peptic ulcers and worried and can't eat anything. Now, I said, I don't want to live without the scientific advance, because I've learned how to use them. But all I'm saying is that the scientific advancements really haven't changed who man really is. Are you following me? we still hateful, still grudging, whole grudges. That hasn't been changed. People still in war and been killing each other for, for, for a century, and what has really changed? If you really stop and think about it, we we have just screwed up the physical planet. I mean we have just polluted everything. I mean we've even polluted the pollution. I mean with all of our stuff, I mean you't can't, you can't dare don't dare drink water out of a faucet. You can't even afford to drink water. you don't know what on earth you're drinking or what under the earth you're drinking? the groundwater, the water table is screwed up and ruined by us. It didn't get that way by itself. We polluted it out of our greed with all of our scientific advancement. I mean, we can send pictures through the sky with a coat hanger up on top of a house can grab pictures out of the sky, put it on a little box in your house. And we are still messing up the atmosphere. There are so many animals that are completely think they don't even exist anymore, out of the greed of men for their pelts. And you gotta be lying to me. My time can't be gone. I, Bye, I'm out of time. We walk by faith, not by sight. Thank you for checking out FantLine. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds. I'm <laughs> sorry.